0: there's something that they can gain out of it. So the fact that he would go through verbal abuse, he would have that mental emotional abuse on you and then come back and do some type of an apology, it was probably a way just to reel you back in. It was probably a way to help control you, to help build that trauma bond and get to the place where you would start putting up with more and more and more. Because what happens is you have someone who they'll mentally or emotionally abuse up to a certain level, then they come and they apologize, that way that level feels slightly normal normal then they'll abuse a little bit more they'll um, get to emotional abuse a little bit more then they'll apologize and then that level still becomes like the norm and everybody thinks like oh we're better and then soon like after a period of time the mental and emotional abuse are going all full stream and it feels normal and it feels like oh well they apologize it's a really manipulative way to be able to justify it that's a good question here. Can you sicken a narc with kindness? So typically, I would say no. You can't really sicken them with kindness because when you're kind to the narc, when you're kind to them, oftentimes that's going to. Re- Change their response to a place where they start raging, they start getting angry, they start getting upset because they're not getting the reaction that they want out of you. They're not getting the response that they have been so used to for a period of time of controlling and getting out of you. So, a lot of times when you give them kindness, love, and affection, they're just like, perfect, I'm getting what I want. And oftentimes it'll turn into like this rage cycle because they're getting what they want, but then they're also not controlling you. I haven't seen consistency of someone saying, like, oh, I used kindness and it fixed it. No, it typically doesn't fix it because all they're doing is thinking about themselves and wanting to manipulate other people. Yeah, so I still struggle with stuff, I mean, narcissistic stuff. I still struggle with gaslighting or like wanting to manipulate. Probably the biggest one would be gaslighting and like wanting to lie because those, after a period of time, just feel like a knee-jerk reaction. Just feels like something that is safe is like familiar uh it's something that like easily is like pulled back to and so every single day fighting those urges fighting those thoughts or feelings or whatever of wanting just to run or escape from being vulnerable or from being open with my wife or with others uh, can be really hard And it can be really hard trying to work through that and get to the place where every single day I fight for truth and I fight for vulnerability and I fight for being like honest and real and raw with everything that's going on in my life. So I still have those tendencies and the stuff that I have to fight and work on each and every day. So after our first counseling session, we walked out and I was like, look, we're healed. We're all good. No, that's not the case. So if you're with a narcissist and you're going to counseling together, one, you probably need to stop because they're going to lie, manipulate and gaslight the therapist, make you the bad person and rage at you whenever they leave, showing you that you are the reason that they're the way they are. So I don't recommend you going to therapy with a narcissist. They need to be doing it on their own. My wife and I have gotten to a place where we've started going to therapy together, but that's after about a year or so each uh, with both of us going to individual counseling, individual therapy to getting to the place of saying, hey, we actually want to work on the marriage versus one of us lying and being fake about it. So I'm no longer lying and being fake about it, and I'm actually here trying to change, trying to build awareness, healing, growth, and change, and work on myself to get to the place where we can learn how to grow, how to continue on with our marriage in the right way. So for me, I used to think that I was just really good at moving on from stuff. I would just be like, things don't really affect me. i just process it and then move right on. It wasn't until later that I started realizing some of it was narcissism of why I was able to just move on so quickly. That's the hard thing with a narcissist is they'll hurt you, they'll scream at you, they'll walk out the door, they'll come back a couple minutes later, and they'll be completely different because in their mind, it's over. It already happened. Moving on. So you're no contact and all you can think about is just going back. Trust me, that's not uncommon. That's something that a lot of people deal with because they're in something called a trauma bond. They're in something that has enslaved them with the lies that the narcissist put around them to a point that all they want to do is go back to their abuser. All they want to do is go back to the person that hurt them and that didn't treat them right. Trust me, you can make it through. There is a way for you to survive this. There is a way for you to get to the place where you have healing and you have change in your life. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a lot easier once you get through it than dealing with the same abuse day in, day out, than dealing with the lies, than dealing with the manipulation, than dealing with the lying and the cheating. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to try to help people understand that and help help people get through that trauma bond to be able to break free and to be able to live a better life so the silent treatment is another manipulation tactic that a lot of narcissists use um if you don't follow lee hammock with mental healness, follow him because i know at times that he's um, experienced or done videos about the silent treatment the silent treatment wasn't big as far as like my story or my journey i would rather rage get upset angry at the situation and like push for some type of resolution even though that was hurting the other person in the moment but yes they do use the silent treatment they do go to a place of silence get to the place where you have to contact them. You have to reach out to them or you start doubting yourself so much that you end up apologizing for their actions. You end up apologizing for anything and everything to be able to get to the back to the place that you just feel better, that you feel validated because now they're starting to talk to you. Now they're starting to interact with you. All this is just a manipulation tactic to try to be able to get you to come back to them. So narcissists are very manipulative. So you have to remember they're going to use whatever they can to be able to control and manipulate you. So if they're going to do that by at times withdrawing sex, withdrawing emotion, a lot of times they'll build stuff up. You might have great sex at the beginning of the relationship or they might feel like you were top of the world and really connected love wise at the beginning of the relationship. And emotion was great and everything like that. Then they start pulling back. They start pulling back the sex, pulling back the emotion, whatever it might be. They start pulling those things back, and as a result, you come back wanting more. That makes them feel like they're valued. That makes them feel like they're number one because there's someone that's coming to them to be able to get something feels like they're in charge, feels like they're in control, it makes the other person be the supply. So a lot of times with this, they'll use sex and emotions to be able to pull those away, to be able to control and manipulate you. Trauma bonds are real. Emotional, mental abuse is real and it's very, very challenging to be able to get past. The hard thing is oftentimes people don't forget about the past, they don't forget about the people that it abused but there is ways to be able to work through it, to be able to process it, and to be able to help get you to the place that you can move on with your life and be the best person you could possibly be. First off, get into therapy. Therapy is great. I recommend it for everybody, uh, especially with people with mental or emotional, physical abuse. I recommend a lot of times uh, EMDR therapy. It's a really good therapy out there that helps people deal with the trauma and get less triggered uh, as they have those memories pop up or have like, flashbacks or things like like that. But the actual like forgetting a person, that can be really hard because basically what you're doing is you're having to mourn the death of someone that is still alive. Mourn the person that you fell in love with that actually you found out didn't exist anymore. So you'll see this a lot of times where the narcissist will act one way to everybody else than they do to their spouse. And it can be really challenging and really frustrating because one, it makes the spouse feel crazy of like, maybe it's me because they don't act this way to everybody else. And two, it makes a false image that the narc loves to be able to keep and the narc is prone to be able to do whatever they can to protect that image around other people. So to other people, they might appear empathetic. They might appear caring. And all this is just a facade. It's just a mask that they're putting over their face that other people think that they actually have a good relationship with you or that they actually are a good person or whatever it might be that they're actually trying to manipulate other people's perspective of them and so as a result they will act like they have uh, empathy they will act like they have sympathy they will conjure up something that they've seen and emulate it from another person to be like this is what i need to do in this situation to pretend to care Alright, right, so as a narcissist, they're going to blame you. They're going to try to manipulate the conversation back to you and say that it is your fault for their decisions. So I want you to hear this loud and clear right here and right now. It is not your fault that he cheated on you. It is not your fault that he made that decision. You did not stand there with a gun to his head saying, hey, go have sex with this woman. Whatever it might be, It was not you that caused him to cheat. He made his own conscious decision to be able to go out and to be unfaithful to you and to cheat with another person. So the fact that he's coming back and he's saying like, oh, I want us to work out, okay, I'm calling BS on that because if he wants it to work out, he's going to learn that he can't blame and he has to own his own shit and understand that he's got to be able to listen to other people. So that means he needs to get into therapy, he needs to get into therapy on his own, not together, on his own, and he needs to show daily consistent change and vulnerability versus BS. All right, it's interesting you should mention this because I was talking with my therapist the other day about like emotions we were talking about like tears and like when those pop up and things like that. And for me, up until about a year ago, before that, there was literally almost no tears in my life. There was no, like, emotion, no kind of, like, emoting of anything. Like, no eye leakage or anything like that. Um, so much of the place that, like, if I actually teared up or something like that, uh, it would be a joke kind of growing up of, like, oh, like, let's write it down the calendar because we haven't seen him cry. Um, so going to funerals, going to things. So the, the two main funerals that I've been to uh, recently, um, well, one's recent, one's not, uh, where my two grandparents, uh, my two grandfathers um, passed away. One of them, I was by his bedside a few hours before he passed away. Um, The other, I went to the funeral, went to both funerals. But at both funerals, I didn't shed a tear. I didn't cry. That event was over and past. And so in my mind, I kept moving on.